Is the church more rigid than Christ? An Ask Father session with Father Michael Rodriguez. Sometimes people mistakenly think that Holy Mother Church, in her formal magisterial teaching, has deviated from the teaching of Christ. This is not possible, for she is guided in such matters by the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. However, this error was widely promoted by the heresy of Protestantism and has infected many Catholics, especially as a diluting, weakening, or Protestantization of the Catholic faith is one of the hallmarks of the so-called modernization which has gripped the Church since Vatican II. Father prudently points out what our starting point as Catholics must always be. Using foundational theological principles, Father instructs us on the creeds of the Church, proper scriptural interpretation, and the indissolubility of marriage. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Welcome to another episode of Ask Father, brought to you by the Fatima Center. My name is Father Michael Rodriguez, and I am a priest of the Diocese of El Paso, Texas. Today we have a question from Don Robertoni. His question is, Doesn't Jesus say in the Bible that in cases of infidelity, one can divorce? Why does the church take a more restrictive practice than what Jesus said? Even in cases of admitted and proven adultery, the church will not grant a divorce. Father, please explain this to me. Our starting point is always Jesus Christ and His Church. I'll repeat this. Jesus Christ and His Church, not sacred scripture. This is an error, a grave error, that all Protestants make and that many, many Catholics make because we are not sufficiently well-formed in our faith. Our starting point is Jesus Christ and His Church. Jesus Christ is the head of His mystical body, the Church. Jesus is inseparable from His Church. He teaches through His Church. And the fact that Jesus is inseparable from his church is also very relevant to the theology of the sacrament of matrimony, which is relevant to your question, Don. I want to begin by pointing out to you a very important passage in sacred scripture, and that's the very end of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. That's Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. These are the last words and the last actions of our Savior Jesus Christ before he ascends into heaven. So, 
Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. Quote, And Jesus coming spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Going therefore, teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the consummation of the world. Close quote. These are Jesus' final words, and he commands his apostles to teach And he tells them this twice in his final words. He commands them to teach and he gives them his authority. Jesus himself never wrote a single verse of scripture. Nor did he instruct his apostles to circulate the scriptures that already existed. That is the Old Testament. But what he did do is he gave them his own authority and he commanded them to teach. And that's why our starting point is always Jesus Christ and his church. Because his church has received from him his authority to teach and he continues to teach through his church. Notice that when Jesus taught while he was on earth he taught and he based himself on the scriptures of his time again we're talking about the Old Testament he based himself on the scriptures but he always interpreted them and he alone had the authority to interpret them the same thing holds true today Jesus through his church continues to teach us the church bases herself on sacred scripture but she alone has the authority to interpret sacred scripture it's very important to know this about our catholic religion that the rule of faith what determines our faith what teaches us or how we are able to know the truths that God has revealed the rule of faith is not sacred scripture alone the rule of faith ultimately is the holy ghost who inspires sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and what we call the sacred magisterium, the teaching authority of the church. You always have all three. They work together. Sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and sacred magisterium. So, I just want to emphasize at the outset here in in answering your question, Don, that as Catholics, we have to always place great value on what the church teaches. That should always be our first question. We might say our beginning point. What does Jesus Christ and his church teach? And what the church teaches, she always bases herself on sacred scripture and on sacred tradition. We always have to hold fast to the teaching of the church. And this is because the teaching of the church is the teaching of Jesus Christ. And a 
central teaching of Christ and his church is on the indissolubility of marriage. And that is that there is no such thing as divorce. Jesus Christ and his church teach on the indissolubility of marriage. I'll quote Matthew chapter 19 verse 6. Quote, and again these are the words of our Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, now they are not two, but one flesh. But therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Close quote. They are not two, but one flesh. But God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. You already have a difficulty on the surface that if you try to interpret Matthew chapter 19 verse 9, which I imagine that's the verse that you're referring to, because the verses where our Lord speaks and he's making an exception, and again I'll, I'll get ahead of myself, but not, not for divorce. It's, it's also a question of the translation. But in Matthew chapter 19 9, where it appears that our Lord may be making an exception on when one could get divorced. If you follow that interpretation, how are you going to reconcile it with Matthew chapter 19 verse 6 and other verses in sacred scripture? And so, again, the main point here is that when you have varying verses in sacred scripture that appear to in some ways contradict each other, well, you have to resolve those differences or you have to resolve those apparent contradictions and obviously the teaching of the church does this the church has the authority to interpret sacred scripture but again also remember what the church teaches this is what Christ teaches Luke chapter 10 verse 16 quote he that heareth you heareth me close quote so, we have two very important theological principles. First one is, Christ teaches through his church. And number two, it is the church that interprets the Bible. Sacred scripture is always going to have to be interpreted. God has given the authority to interpret sacred scripture only to the church and specifically to the magisterium of the church the Holy Father united with the bishops I want to remind you of something very important and it's our Catholic faith hopefully many of you know that as Catholics we have four very important creeds many Catholics are familiar with only two of them but we have four creeds and all of them are ancient creeds I mean one of them the last one that I'll mention to you is the one that's most recent but you know it's, it's from the Council of Trent so we're talking about you know 500 years old the other creeds come to us basically from the 3rd and 4th centuries so those four creeds of our Catholic religion and again we have to believe these creeds in order to be Catholic these creeds are an expression of the true faith outside of which there is no salvation we have the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed all of us are pretty much familiar with this creed because it's the creed that is prayed at Mass on Sunday. 
So that's the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed. And then we have the Apostles' Creed. Also we're familiar, many of us are familiar with it. We have the Athanasian Creed, which begins in Latin, Quicumque bult salvus esse, whoever wishes to be saved. And then we have the Creed of the Council of Trent, which begins with the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed. But I want to quote to you from the Creed of the Council of Trent, because this is what we believe as Catholics, and it specifically expresses our Catholic faith with regard to sacred scripture. So quoting from the Creed of the Council of Trent, the Catholic faith, quote, I most steadfastly admit and embrace apostolical and ecclesiastical traditions and all other observances and constitutions of the church. I also admit the Holy Scripture according to the sense which our Holy Mother the Church hath held and doth hold, to whom it belongeth to judge of the true sense and interpretation of the Scriptures. Neither will I ever take and interpret them otherwise than according to the unanimous consent of the fathers. Close quote. This is extremely important. As Catholics, we believe in the sacred scriptures, the inspired word of God. But we also believe that it belongs to the church to judge the true sense and interpretation of the scriptures and that we will never interpret sacred scripture against the teaching of the church and against the unanimous consent of the fathers and so to your question Don we have to interpret Matthew chapter 19 9 and also Matthew chapter 5 31 to 32 we have to interpret them in a way that is a consonant with or in conformity with the teachings of the Catholic Church. And obviously the Church teaches on the indissolubility of marriage. One of the beautiful passages that, that Holy Mother Church bases herself on for the doctrine of the indissolubility of marriage is St. Paul, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 to 32. Quote, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be two in one flesh. This is a great sacrament, but I speak in Christ and in the church. Close quote. The church teaches that the sacrament of matrimony is indissoluble because it is a sign of a sacrament of the union between Christ and his church. Christ and his church, as I mentioned to you at the very beginning of this video, are inseparable, indissoluble. Hence, the marriage between husband and wife is indissoluble. So, how to interpret what is an apparent exception that our Lord makes? I'll point out to you that the identical passages in Luke and Mark do not make this exception. So that's something also to consider. Luke chapter 16 verse 18 
and Mark chapter 10 verses 11 to 12 do not allow for any exception on what allows for a separation between husband and wife the way that you have that one exception for infidelity, adultery in Matthew chapter 19 verse 9 in Matthew chapter 5 verse 31 to 32 there are a lot of different ways that this has been explained by different, I'd say, theologians but I think the simplest one is just to look at the translation a lot of times difficulties that we have in terms of interpreting scripture correctly in line with what Jesus Christ and his church teach has to do with the translation and so most definitely in those verses of Matthew 19.9 and 5.31-32 the exception that is being made does not make allowances for divorce again for the word divorce the way you and I understand divorce today where a marriage that God is united that man can then separate them and that one then is free to marry once again that is most certainly not the term that is being used in sacred scripture the best translation that we have in English I take it from the Dewey Reigns translation in that translation, in those passages, the English translation says that in those cases, again, infidelity, adultery, that our Lord says that the husband may, quote, put away his wife, close quote. Pay very close attention to that because put away his wife does not mean you can divorce and remarry. Obviously, Catholic Church teaching which can never change, is precisely that because of the indissolubility of marriage. So where church teaching comes in is following also this passage of sacred scripture. The church does make allowance. The church does make allowance in cases of infidelity and adultery where there can legitimately be a separation between husband and wife. But that separation, again, let's say, putting away one's wife, putting away one's husband, like let's say, just use the the other terminology, in no way means that one can divorce in such a way that one is now free to marry again. So hopefully this clarifies for you those verses in St. Matthew, Don, and most importantly, I'd say for you and really for all Catholics, it's extremely important because it'll apply to all of sacred scripture. Extremely important that we recognize our starting point is always Jesus Christ and his church. What does Jesus Christ teach through his church? That's always our starting point. Our starting point is not sacred scripture. I invite you to send your questions to the Fatima Center. Please also consider making a donation to the Fatima Center so that the Apostolate may continue its mission of promoting the full message of Fatima. Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.
Please include the Fatima Center among those apostolates to whom you send a portion of your monthly tithe. Regular monthly donations are vital for our continuing operation. To support Our Lady's Apostolate or to send Father a question, please visit our website www.fatima.org or call 1-800-263-8160. By the intercession of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, may this Ask Father answer help you to know, love, and serve God better. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.